This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. No podcast for months and then two in a week. Welcome to the Raptors Weekly Extra Podcast. Joining me today is the morning coffee maestro, Sam. Well, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm working from home. Uh, yes, uh, I love it. I love it. How about you? Yeah, I'm home. It's intense. In 24 hours, I have two boys under eight. My nephews come over every day, so like four boys under nine. What's your role in that uh, in that setup? Are you the, are you the caretaker? Uh, are you are you like the fifth boy your wife has to take care of? Where, where do you fit in here? Yeah, I'm like the fifth boy who has to take care of the other four boys. So like the oldest kid who's got parents who aren't you know there. And what has this new experience uh, taught you? Well, so it's it's a gift and a curse type thing. On the one hand, when the hell would I ever be able to spend this much time with my boys? So from that perspective, it's been awesome, but also like like 24 hours a day, seven days a week is just a lot. Like I, I really look forward to my evenings. When they go to bed? Yeah. Uh, my five-year-old had a pretty big scare on COVID and uh, took him to the doctor and like, yeah, he got the test and all that. And we thought, you know, oh my God, here we go. That was a scare, but thank God that's over. And uh, yeah. well, uh, it's just to, uh, I, I might be a little rusty on my segues uh, Sam, uh, but uh, you know who thinks COVID is kind of over? Who? Adam Silver, uh, because the NBA decided to uh, return to uh, Florida, which is seeing a massive <laughs> spike in infection. So, uh, what do we make of uh, the politicization of COVID? You know, you talk about stereotypes, but every time <laughs> you, you see like an American, you hear it first because like. It, this stuff just plays 24 hours in the background. But it's like, you know, this is bullshit. I want to get on with my life. I need a haircut every single time. Just like a white guy or a white girl. It's it's such a meme now. What's the big deal? Wear a mask for two minutes. Yeah, but you're thinking from a rational perspective. <laughs> you, you, you don't live in a politicized environment where uh, wearing a mask is a symbol of something. Thankfully, in Canada, we, we don't have that problem where we are so polarized and there's this this harsh dichotomy between wearing a mask and not wearing a mask and that symbolizing you know your political views like thank god that th- there's no intersection between health and politics here for the most part at least you know after the early stumbles of Doug i mean i'm sort of behind him in in what he's doing and what he's accomplished over the last little bit you know you you put your party lines aside 
uh, for that one. Uh, but I think that level of thought is not necessarily possible in the States right now. So uh, we've been going to beaches a lot. On the weekends, it's a little busier, but like people generally just stay away from each other. Like it's a conscious, I'm going to do my best at all times to like stay at least six feet away from this other person, right? So, so going to the uh, the NBA right now. Uh, so when when uh, the NBA announced its decision to resume in um, in August, uh, there were some players who thought, uh, you know, th- this might be too soon. I think Kyrie Irving was one of them. What are your thoughts in terms of the NBA foregoing uh, the the potential of making a very strong statement and returning to play? Would that even be a strong statement? Uh, Did the NBA miss an opportunity to comment on the political climate in the South? You know, not playing as a form of, hey, let's keep the spotlight on what's going on is is an interesting story. Once NBA goes back and like that schedule is crazy, right? So we're going to have multiple games a day. Guess what? Every single person in North America is going to be watching, right? All of the summer is, is NBA games. They have the potential to do a lot of different things. That's a that's a way bigger platform than not going back and saying we're not going back because we want to keep the, the news cycle on that. Write Black Lives Matter all over the courts and jerseys. Like Do what you need to do. Talk about it every time out. Uh, that's the thing. I'm watching the Premier League, which resumed a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and you know, I think the BLM logos or the BMN insignia, if you will, is all over the place. I think Arsenal had it on the back of their uh, jerseys for their first couple games. I hope this doesn't die off. Like, I hope this this continues and hits the next wave and the momentum stays strong. I guess the only fear of starting any sort of, not just NBA necessarily, but any sort of like commercial endeavor is that it takes away from the movement. And I think if the NBA can balance the two and use its platform and viewership to actually amplify the message i think that's uh that could be even way more powerful than just like making a statement by not playing i I just think you have a platform and you have a really big soapbox so like whatever message you want to get out you're going to get out and a lot of people were talking about what what fred van Vliet van Vliet was talking about and what was it last week 10 days ago about going back and like his 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 thoughts and how it it was complicated right like i want to go back because i'm a basketball player i want to play basketball i love it but this is an important period in, in American history and, and, you know, for black. But I also want to make money. And I want to make money, right? So like a lot of things, like you could feel multiple things about a situation. The only league that I know that very prematurely pulled uh, the plug on its entire season uh, was Ligue 1, which is the French uh, first division football league. I, I think after three or four weeks of COVID, they just canceled the entire season and awarded the champion to uh, PSG, I believe. So that was that, that was on the other end of the spectrum. Right? Fr- so. France had a lot of problems, though. They looked like that whole country was going to collapse. So let's 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 shift our attention to a, a little bit more basketball talk. So uh, I, I know for me, the Raptors obviously are the champions, and I'm still riding high from uh, from last summer's win. Uh, 2019 probably is, for a multitude of reasons, one of the best years ever, followed by one of the worst years ever. Human psychology here, man. In my mind, I'm thinking, if the Raptors win the title again, amazing. Back-to-back, repeat, awesome. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, if they don't, well, there's a giant asterisk on this season. (laughs) Do you think? I hate asterisks on anything. People are still competing. It's still hard as shit to win a championship. And this just makes it even harder. I, th- I think there's definitely an asterisk on this season. I mean, it's not a normal season just by the just by the fact that we paused for so long and resumed. Is it a footnote asterisk? Like how aggressive an asterisk are we talking about? I, I'd say it's the same level of asterisk as the NBA shortened lockout season asterisk. 
Okay. I've already like emotionally hedged myself if the Raptors don't win the title that I can always fall back on the Astros. That's what I do. I'm an expert at that. <laughs> We've been emotionally hedging for 20 years up until last year. <laughs> I am an expert at lying to myself. Sometimes I don't even know what I believe. <laughs> 100%. I mean, there's not too much to talk about, I guess, until like some practices start and all that. So let, let's cover some footnotes that kind of popped up over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, the picture surfaced around uh, Skinny Gasol. And anytime you see anybody get in, into that level of shape, you're generally pretty excited. And, and so was I when, I when when I saw that picture of him. And I was like, great. I think his, uh, his perimeter mobility, which has always been, you know, he's a great perimeter defender when he's like trapping guards and he's pressuring losing weight at that level can only help that no 100 percent. he's had some time off so you know he had some injury problem this year uh injury troubles this year you know he should he should be in solid shape going in uh and well rested he's obviously in really good shape too i mean no one's in game shape but he he looks like he's in great shape so he should be able to get back and going and you know at a high high level of productivity i almost feel that the the significant competitive advantage for the remainder of the of the season and playoffs will go to the team that over the last four months of covid really kept their fitness levels higher than anyone else generally we assume fitness levels to be fairly standard across the board when we're competing in the playoffs i think the regular season kind of puts you in that mode so by the time the playoffs hit you're you're kind of ready to go this giant break in the middle has added such a big variable into the mix and teams who are org- who organize themselves around uh, around their fitness levels during this time off, I would imagine they will see a significant competitive edge heading into the postseason. It may normalize over over a few playoff rounds as everybody sort of gets into shape. But man, I, I really think that this this is the X factor, not Norman Powell. This is definitely the X factor. <laughs> you know, like Lowry, we we saw skinny Lowry picks too. Abaka's been working out. So, like, you know, we, we have a lot of guys on the team that work really hard. It should definitely help going in, especially with, you know, people falling off, like Bradley Beal just fell off. I mean, not that the Wizards are anybody important. You know, they were a, a potential dark horse to, you know, grab that eighth seed, right? If the Raptors can, you know, maintain their second seed, you know, win a couple of those, you know, early games, you know, seeing as we have like the hardest or second, what was the second hardest schedule of, of, of all the teams coming back to the bubble? Keeping in shape will give them, uh, you know, a leg up on winning those first few games because you're, you're setting a bit of the tone. Yeah. And, and the Raptors are firmly in second, right? They're six and a half back of the Bucks and uh, three games ahead of the Celtics. I, th- I guess we have to stave off the uh, Celtics for a little bit there in our, in our, in our last few games, but I, I don't imagine that. Being I think the Celtics have a much easier schedule than, than the Raptors do. And, and also, the Raptors play the Celtics, right? So I think that's going to be a big game, uh, which will probably be, be the be the deciding factor where, where who finishes where. Uh, the Raptors do play the Heat. And um, What's your hate level for, those, for the Celtics? I think the Celtics have always been pieces of shit in every aspect, right? I mean, they're they're just a it's it's a shit town. I've never liked the Celtics, uh, and uh, my hate for them has continued. Even the players that they've gotten over the years, it's not I particularly like them by any means. Certainly, the Paul Pierce Celtics were my apex of hate. 
And yeah. since then, uh, then they went through a period where they weren't that good, so it kind of fell off. But now they're back, and uh, they're always hyped by uh, by ES- the ESPN. Obviously, loves them, and the Ringer, uh, guys, so, yeah. yeah, and the Ringer guys love them, and they have features on them. And Jalen Brown can't do any wrong, so <laughs> it's it's always great to uh, to shit on the Celtics. Uh, I absolutely hate that. Okay, team. good. I just, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. I 100 percent agree. Oh, for sure, buddy. I mean, come on, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, Sam, I've been uh, doing these uh, top three Raptors posts over the last little bit where I've gone back, uh, you know, since 1995 and looked at, uh, you know, the roster we had. And a, a lot of it is from memory and how I how I felt at the time watching that team, like who were the good players. And what I've been doing is I've been assigning the top three players basically points. So every year that you finish uh, as a top three Raptor, you get uh, three points for finishing number one two points for finishing number two, and one point for finishing number three. Okay. It's not scientific by any means. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is a, this is a, uh, you know, Harvard study. It's not right? bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's something. There's numbers involved. There's addition involved. There's a little bit of multiplication involved. <laughs> there's ranking. I mean, uh, it's not going to get peer reviewed and approved, but, but I think it's something. Yeah. We're right now in 2012-13. Okay. Based on that, the, the the algorithm that I just described to you, who do you think right now? I think I'm at 2012, 13 is the last one I did. Right. Who do you think the best raptor is so far based on that algorithm? The best raptor so far based on that algorithm has to be Vince. Wrong. Really? Is it Antonio Daniels? I'm uh, sorry, uh, Antonio Daniels? Uh, no. I can't believe it's taking this long to get this. I know. It's Bosch then, right? It's Bosch. Yeah. It is it is it is for sure Bosch. Vince is number two. Chris Bosch has been the best player on the Raptors for six years. Vince has been the best player on the team for five years. Okay. Bosch also has a third place finish there you go. in one of these years. So he's got he's got 19 points there. Vince is at 15. So Bosch already, in terms of this algorithm, has so Vince is obviously not playing anymore, so he's not going to surpass Bosch, obviously. Uh, so Bosch is already ahead. DeRozan so far is 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 third at 12, and Kyle Lowry just came into the picture after being traded from Houston. So uh, stay tuned on how that race ends. I guess the question really is: Can Kyle Lowry catch Chris Bosch? He has to. He's been a top. He's been a top three player for. Since when? Jesus Christ. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, Sam. Let's not jump ahead. I'm going to be upset if he's not number one. And I'm still a DeRozan apologist, but like, I hope he's number two. What is happening with DeRozan? Uh, I saw a headline out there with saying he's he's not happy in uh, San Antonio and wants to be shipped somewhere. Did you did you did you come across that one? Yeah, I saw those. I didn't see them from a really reputable site, so I'm not sure. But I saw that. I mean, who would be happy in Golden in, in San Antonio? What are you saying when you acquire a player like DeRozan at this point? You know, as a, as a number one or number two, he, he's not built for that. But like, you got a guy who could still get you 20, 25 points a game. Who's, he's really efficient. What, he shot like 55% from the field this year. That's insane. Uh, you know, he's not great at shooting threes, but you know, that, that's not everything. You know, as a third or fourth option, your guy's DeMar DeRozan, you, you know, you could do a lot worse than that. So DeRozan is essentially in the exact same position as Bosch was when he left the Raptors, where the league has sort of understood that he is not going to be a number one guy, and it's time to 
latch on somewhere as your number two or three option to see them over the hill, much like how how how, how Bosch did. So Bosch went to Miami at age uh, 26, right? That's when he kind of realized. DeRozan right now, he's 30. San Antonio probably tried to extract a number one player out of him two years later than they should have. So his destination basically is, uh, you know, Clippers at some point. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine him on the Clippers of like their third, like their fourth option? That's insane. Coming off the bench, that's a lot. So moving to the Raptors a little bit, heading into this list, this postseason that's coming up for us, you look at the East. What do you think our chances are right now to make it to the East Finals first? Because that would involve getting past Boston. The big differentiation between the Raptors and the Celtics, let's say. Uh, I mean, th- this team plays with a swagger that we're not used to as Raptor fans. They act like they belong. They talk like they belong. They're coming off a championship win. They know exactly what it takes. It just feels like they've been working, at least uh, keeping active as much as possible. And they've been in Florida for longer than anyone else. So, I mean, you know, after that little quarantine, they've been they've been banging it out, right? All that together, let's say, I think gives them a bit of an edge over Boston. I mean, there's no home court advantage. All that means is that every game is that much more important, right? So, like, you can't you can't be like, yeah, we'll just you know try and steal one on the road, right? Every game becomes that much more important when there's no home court advantage. So, we're such a versatile team that we'll match up fairly well with pretty much any team out there, and they're resilient. They're not a robust team; they're a resilient team. And and the difference between the two, a, a robust team will just you know will just hammer through anything and over without getting dented at all. A resilient team will undergo change in order to succeed. And the Raptors, I I found, are resilient. They're not a powerhouse, but they know how to adapt to different situations. That trait gives them a big advantage over a lot of other teams, combined with the experience, of course. At some point, talent comes in and talent takes over. So when I look at the East and I look at the talent pool out there, I look at Giannis. That dude has enough talent just by himself, that he can, he's robust. Like he, he's a guy who can actually power through and, and just destroy a team if he's on his game. And this year, we don't necessarily have a, a defensive guy like Kawhi on our team, which can sort of neutralize him in certain situations. And not that Kawhi did a lot defensively against the one-on-one against Giannis last, last season, but, but you st- you, you, you st- you're still missing that. The talent level is so much higher that a lot of the things that the Raptors are good at, like adaptation, matter less. Absolutely. They don't have, uh, what's like, what, what's the point guard's name who went to Indiana? Brogdon. He, dude, he killed us last year. He hit, it, I felt like he hit every single one of his three-pointers that he took. So, you know, they don't shoot as well from the three, even though Giannis is. I just, 50-50 on the Raptors game past him. Are, are you a gambling man, Sam? Uh, a little bit. I'll put down a couple bucks. Do you usually play like? Uh, do you do you play the spread or do you play money line? What, what's your? Uh, h- how do you lose your money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I lose it mostly when I try to parlay and stuff. I, I'm, I'm not sure how to do all that yet, but ah, greed. Yeah, we never got that promise of like with all this data sharing that the NBA was going to do with gamblers. You know, you could bet on like you know how many points you're going to get in the fourth quarter. I'm a little bit disappointed in that. What do you mean the NBA didn't? You can totally bet on how many points you're gonna get in the fourth quarter. No, but like live. No, you can. You can. I, I'm not gonna plug any gambling sites right now, but um, yeah, there definitely are some out there which allow you to even talk about like next point scored. Get out of here. 
Yeah, for sure, man. I, I know this because I used to I used to bet a little bit on cricket a, a while back. I, I don't gamble anymore. Oh, yeah, 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 cricket. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cricket's uh, cr- cricket's not a bad bad uh, sport to gamble, uh, especially because the players are playing uh, and gambling too. So it's <laughs> it works well. So back to get into the finals. What are you thinking? Like it, it sounds like you're not as convinced. I'm not worried about the Celtics or the Sixers. Uh, I yeah. am worried about the Bucks. Like if, if you if you look back to the Bucks series last year, and that really is the is the best sample size we have to judge how how competitive we can be against Milwaukee, even though we don't have Kawhi. I see the impact that Kawhi made in that series in key stretches. I find that you need that level of compete and talent to slow down the Bucks offense. Raptors Republic uh, head writer Blake Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's still part of Raptors Republic, guys. This athletic thing is is it's just it's it's going to go away. Don't worry about it. He's, a, <laughs> he, he's true RR for life. Everything else is just temporary. Uh, he tweeted uh, that uh, Boucher says he gained fifteen pounds. Said it was easier than other times he's tried because he's developed better nutrition and workout strategies. Are you excited about a bulky Chris Boucher? He's fine for what he is. What like a third big off the bench gets six seven minutes a game. All right, great. Like, I mean, I, I feel like he's been overachieving. Like, he comes in, he does, he makes some things happen, hits a couple of shots, runs the floor, maybe a block, maybe, you know, a couple of rebounds, something. I, I'm not impressed by him. And I don't mean that pejoratively. I just, he's what, a 12th, 13th man on, on your rotation. So I think he's getting ready to guard Giannis. Maybe. Like, he's going to need like 50 pounds, 60 pounds of muscle, dude. Like, Giannis is a monster. Is there a Raptor that you're excited to see? Uh, Terrence Davis. I really like that kid. He's just a beast. He's got a great motor. He's really aggressive. He's kamikaze. I like those guys who are just balls to the wall on the break, take it to the rack really aggressively. Um, he's playing for money and contract, and I'm really excited to see how he does. And I'm also excited to see how OG does, especially from like a shooting perspective. Like you know, I I really would like to see him be that dead eye, you know, corner three guy, like. He needs to become a much better finisher around the hoop. I'm surprised that he hasn't developed a, a little bit better maturity around the rim uh, at this stage in his in his career. I know he's still young, and that that still may come, but he still he still has that hesitancy when he's around the hoop. It's like he's not coordinated enough, and I shouldn't say he's not coordinated enough. He just seems to be positionally unaware of where he is with respect to the rim and his defender, which 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 results in him forcing some shots that are more difficult than they needed to be if he just knew where he was and what angles he had available to him. Hey, how much money are you giving Fred Van Vliet? He's got to be in the 20, 25 million a year, right? Four, 100? I have no idea. Has to be. I, I honestly don't care what people make anymore. I remember I used to follow the cap a, a lot more closely and I used to look at all the scenarios of, of, of cap management. But that was also because we had some grossly incompetent GMs who just, I don't think they ever understood the cap necessarily. And they ended up making deals that hamstrung the franchise for quite some time, which Masai had to offload, case number one being uh, Barnani, if you remember. Right? And so that that maneuverability in the front office uh, wasn't always there. Uh, and now that we kind of have that, and Masai has kind of shown, and, and, and uh, Bobby Webster shown that they can, th- they're smart people who make smart decisions. I'm less concerned with what they do with Fred Van Vliet's contract and how much money they pay him, because... I'm confident that they've thought this through and will not sacrifice the future of the franchise for a for a short-term gain. And man, being a Raptor fan for so long, that is a really good feeling. Like the Knicks don't have that feeling. They haven't had that feeling <laughs> for, for, for 20 years. 
I 100% agree with what you said. But like players like Van Vliet, OG's coming up for a new deal, Abaka, Gasol. Like we got a lot of guys on the bubble over the next couple of years. You know, Lowry's going into his, his uh, the last year on that extension, right? All these guys are assets. Masai is always buying, not selling. It, it's the same thing that Danny Ainge has done in, out in Boston. You, you got all these great young players that everybody else in the league would love to have. You resign them. Someone's going to take your young champion point guard or small forward or power forward. My only concern is everything has been predicated on the cap continuing to rise, right? Next year is not going to rise. Does that come in our favor? Because I remember reading about how that's going to impact any other team's ability to get Giannis, right? You know, specifically the Raptors with resign your own guy versus to go and resign to sign someone else is, you know, an apple orange thing. And a, and a shrunken cap affects that, right? So, like, m- maybe we can get Fred for 18 to 20 instead of 20 to 25. What Jerry Krause didn't do, the Raptors should do, which is give everybody one-year deals and come back for another run. <laughs> I think uh, we've uh, rambled on for a fair bit. We have, uh, you know, restarted our microphones, uh, got our recording equipment out, got our voices back in shape. So we'll do more of these podcasts going forward. Uh, you'll be uh, seeing a lot more content from us going forward. But of course, the most important piece of content that's going to come out over the next little bit is the top three race. Will Kyle Lowry catch Chris Bosh to become the greatest Raptor ever? Stay tuned. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done switch to a better plan and michael i met with a local licensed insurance agent face to face and done go to myhealthpolicy.com to compare top rated medicare advantage plans in your area including zero dollar premium plans or call 1-800-GO-START that's 1-800-GO-START meredith Vieira is a paid endorser kf agency operates myhealthpolicy.com not connected with or endorsed by the u.s government or the federal medicare program a licensed insurance agent may call At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University. Within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. 